0: listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Waterloo.
1: To find out more, visit www.oasiswaterloo.org. You might be wondering why we read that particular Bible passage. turns out if you um, Google Bible and fashion, um, you get some some, um, interesting content. Um, So instead I... um, thought a lot about what we wanted to say this morning and chose that passage as something I think is a foundation um, for the issues that we're going to talk about. So hopefully as we talk, you can join the dots um, from that great hymn of justice in Isaiah to the things that we're going to talk about. We have been doing these soapbox series um, and looking at different issues um, trying to draw the dots Between our everyday lives and what it is to be people of faith and to follow in the way of Jesus. So, we've done, uh, we've talked a little bit about the environment, we've talked about racial equality, we've talked about politics and Brexit, um, and this morning we're going to talk about sustainable fashion. Um, fashion, something that you may or may not be interested in, but you are deeply implicated in. I'm very grateful that everybody's chosen to wear clothes this morning. <laughs> Um, So we are all taking part in the fashion industry one way or another. Um, In fact, um, in Europe, the UK is the biggest consumer um, in the fashion industry. Um, We purchase more clothes, spend more money on clothes per head than any other country in Europe. Now you may also be wondering why I'm leading this session. To tell you the truth, I'm wondering the same thing. Fashion is not a particular speciality subject of mine, which is uh, why, to my right, are sitting two people for whom it is something that they're very knowledgeable and qualified to talk about. So, um, I'm going to start by um, letting Robin and Jenny introduce themselves. So, you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and um, how you got into fashion, what your involvement is in the fashion industry.
0: Hi, so um, my name is Robin and I've been coming part of this congregation for about a year and a half. Um, and basically I go to a small group on a Wednesday night with Flick, Felicity. And about six weeks ago in the pub, she collared me and we were talking about this. And she said, oh, you should do this on a, on a Sunday, you should talk about this. And I kind of decided begrudgingly, I'll do it. <laughs> if I could in- involve my sister, who is actually much know- more knowledgeable about me than this. Um, so I should say... I'm a textile designer, a fashion print designer, which means basically I design patterns that go on clothes, of which I can see a lot of very good examples here today, um, nice sunny day. Um, yeah, and uh, it's a privilege really, I get to draw, I get to paint, um, I work for a company called Paul Smith, which is about a mile over the river that way in Covent Garden. and. Um, for the bulk of my uh, working life, I work for a company called Liberty, which is a big department store. I don't know if people are familiar with it. Um, and they, there's a whole history of beautiful textiles with Liberty. They, um, they own like Prince of William Morris. I don't know if people are familiar with that. And they have, uh, yeah, lots of floral patterns and paisy patterns and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's what I do for a living.
1: Brilliant, thank you. Jenny, nice to have you here. Thank you for coming along.
2: join you here today Um, so I've been working in the fashion industry for nearly 20 years I did a degree in fashion and textiles at Nottingham Trent University and from there I went to work in fashion buying Um, so originally I worked for Topshop who I'm sure you've all heard of and I worked in the buying team at Topshop for five years And um, whilst I was there, I increasingly became dissatisfied with the way the business was run, what I was being asked to do as a buyer in terms of pushing our suppliers to give us lower and lower prices whilst making bigger and bigger profits for ourselves, um, lining Phillips Green's pockets. um, And I decided it wasn't what I wanted to do. And from there, I um, moved on to a company that I work for now and have been there for 11 years called People Tree. Um, you may have heard of us or not. We make women 's fashion and we make it in a way that's as ethical and sustainable as we can possibly do. So we 're certified by the World Fair Trade Organization. Um, we make everything um, in as ethical a way as we possibly can. so working with small cooperatives, um, mainly in India and Bangladesh. We take on our um, our producers in the long term. We don't um, chop and change our suppliers. We aim to give them really regular orders. And we um, aim to use materials and working practices which cause as least harm and impact on the environment as we can. So only using organic cotton and other sustainable materials and making sure we're being as respectful to the environment as we can whilst producing a range of clothes.
1: Brilliant. We're going to ask Jen a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, I don't know, hands up if you've heard of the term fa- fast fashion. Okay, most of us, I think. Um, Robin, for those that haven't heard, this is something that's been um, in the newspaper headlines probably for the last year or so, and maybe an issue that's kind of come onto our consciousness as we're um, across the board maybe more aware of um, environmental issues and um, the uh, kind of um, effects of climate change. Um, Fast fashion has kind of become something that we're talking about. So what is fast fashion?
0: Um, well, we, just, we did a bit of a Google search, Steve Chalk style, um, <laughs> just before. And I think you, had, you wrote down, yeah. didn't you? Uh? Yeah.
2: So if you Google fast fashion, it would say inexpensive clothing produced rapidly by mass market retailers in response to the latest trends. Um, and so in a nutshell, historically, um, fashion companies would produce two collections a year autumn, winter and spring, summer and every time you went shopping you would see the same things and recently due to consumer demand and wanting to make more money and business um, companies have started to speed that up so we're now in a situation where high street retailers rather than producing two collections a year will now bring a new collection in every single week so it's now 52 collections a year many so one a a week for a year so that's what you so every time you go shopping you can now see something new and often those clothes are very very um inexpensive and um it means that the fashion industry has hugely grown in terms of manufacturing those clothes at a low as lower price as possible in order to give lots and lots of choice when you go shopping
1: and, and surely some of that's a good thing if you're a consumer. So I also Googled fast fashion. Um, and um, so on the ASOS website, um, there were apparently, last, beginning of last December, 439 dresses for under £10 on their website. Most of those were taking things that had been in um, coming out on the catwalks in the autumn and rushing them out for less than a tenner. You could go to a Christmas party wearing something that was right on trend um so is that a good thing or a bad thing what are some of the issues with fast fashion
0: um yeah so i think it's it initially like i think when we both first started working in fashion the the idea of uh, fast fashion would be that it's provide allowing kind of customers um, everyone to kind of get the look of the catwalk so in that Case, it was quite democratizing because it meant that people could um, express themselves um, and then get things. So I think that was initially quite good, but it's the sheer volume of um, production and the implication on, um, in terms of the, on the environment and how um, a lot of these clothes are manufactured abroad, so in India, in China, and so there's a lot of polluting effects it has on rivers, um, and just on the environment in general. Um,
1: and is there a reason? So we're talking about this in a church context this morning and we began with that Bible reading from Isaiah. Is there, um, are there particular issues, do you think, for us as Christians about how we approach um, clothing, fashion, what we purchase, how often we buy things?
0: Um, yeah, I think for me, um, I guess the perennial question as a Christian is, is who is your neighbor and how do you love your neighbor as yourself? And um, when you look, go around shops, it's very easy to not really think about who's made them, where they've been made. Um, so I think, yeah, as as a Christian, I think in terms of faith, there's an issue of us becoming more aware or more educated as where our clothes are made um, so we can love our neighbor as ourselves more.
1: And um, and so I, I guess a lot of the um, as is true of any other kind of consumption, a lot of the effects of um, our consumption fall more heavily on poorer communities. So in terms of environmental impact, that's being felt much more um, in poorer communities around the world. Um, and also, um, Jen, you mentioned earlier that one of the reasons that you moved out of um, Topshop and into People Peopletree um, was um, around the supply chain and, and what you saw happening. And, Um, We talked about this a little bit beforehand, and I was saying, this this must be about eight or ten years ago now, that there was a documentary out about Primark, um, and it's um, particularly where it was sourcing its clothes and the conditions in factories and the amount of pay that people were being given. Um, And there were lots of protests, and people decided they'd stop buying Primark momentarily um, before we kind of all wandered back there again. But, um, you know, it's easy to pick on one retailer. It's easy to... But are are these, like... Are these issues that are just across every single shop that we'll go into, um, that wherever we're buying clothes, we're probably buying into some supply-side practices mm. that um, maybe we're not happy with?
2: Mm. It's, um, it's a difficult question because there's so many fashion brands and fashion retailers out there, and there's so much choice, and it's very confusing to... Um, Who's doing what? Who's better or worse than others? And um, a lot of um, retailers, because it, this has become something in recent years, has become more. Uh, people have started to become more aware of and, and think more about. A lot of retailers will. Um, put things on their websites about their own um, social responsibility and what they're trying to do. And it is very confusing as a consumer to know who's telling the truth, who's exaggerating, who's doing better than others. And um, so it is very, very difficult. Um, At the end, Robin's put a slide together with a few different websites and apps that you can um, look at to help you understand a bit more of the retailers who's doing better than others. So there'll be a link to that at the end, which I think is a useful resource. Do you think... um,
1: So one of the... This doesn't apply maybe just to fashion, but all kinds of things that we buy, that um, ethical maybe more ethical choices are often more expensive ones. Um, So not all of us can afford to um, go out and spend lots and lots of money... Um, even if we took an approach of trying to buy quality items and not buying so often, even that sometimes might be out of reach. So I was worried when we have these kind of conversations about particularly around how we spend our money that it's easy for us to sit um, and to talk about things that if you are earning enough money and you're comfortable that these are choices that you have a luxury of being able to make, that maybe it's a privilege to be able to be more ethical in our choices around consumption. So do you think that's true? Is it... Is, this, is thinking about what we consume, is that something that we can do however much money we do or don't have?
0: Um, yeah, I think it is uh, a concern. And one of the ways that we can start addressing that, I think, would be looking after our clothes. Um, so we have a very disposable throwaway society. Um, and um, in general, um, I don't know whether you've got a very expensive piece of clothing or less expensive piece of clothing, you can still um, look after it, so I think you wrote a list, didn't you, of... Um,
2: it, it's true that often um, the company that I work for, People PeopleTree, um, we're priced at a mid-market range, so we're less than a designer but more than some of the high street stores, and people sometimes say to me, oh, I'd really like to buy from you, but it's just a little bit out of my price range. And when you're um, buying fair trade and organic cotton, it it does cost a bit more to make those clothing um, because um, we are paying the farmers who grow the cotton and the people who work make those clothes a little bit more. And um, that does have a knock on effect on the end price. But there are other things that you can do if it is out of your price range. You know, as Robin said, just whatever you choose to buy, really think about what you buy carefully. There's a movement which you can find on social media which is the 30 wears movement. So when you um, choose to buy something, think about can I wear this 30 times? Can I get 30 wears out of this and and really make that clothing last? So that's one thing you can do, which is whatever you're buying and however much it costs, really thinking about Can I make this last for me? You can also really think about the way you care for your clothes because a lot of the environmental impact, the negative environmental impact of what we buy, happens actually once we get it home. It's not just about the manufacturing process. So, washing your clothes on a lower temperature automatically saves energy. Only washing your clothes when they really need it. We've got into a habit of throwing things into the wash every night, but doesn't always, you know, that can be a habit that we don't actually always need to wash it. Just wash it when it needs washing. You know, there's small things like that we can do. Um, Another idea would be if you're going to a special occasion where you may, you know, you want to, I might be going to someone's wedding and I want to buy a nice dress, but I know I'm going to only wear that dress once or twice. Actually, could I? borrow something from a friend could I buy something secondhand? could I um, rent it from somewhere there's a growing movement of companies that rent out clothing for special occasions so I think there's different things that we can do that have an impact you know regardless of budgets
0: Brilliant.
1: Robin anything else that, so when we were talking about this before the service we were saying it it's really easy to feel a bit powerless in the, in the sort of face of big issues, isn't it? So we think about um, environmental change, we think about consumption globally, we think about um, exploitative practices in um, manufacturing and in workers abroad. And, and we feel like, well, we could make one little choice over here, not to, not to buy from this place or to make a slightly better um, choice, but actually it's just, a, it's just a drop in the ocean. Um, like, what difference can we make personally and, and, and is it worth it? Is it worth us make, making more of an effort?
0: Um, I would say that there's two things about this. Um, one would be, um, I know sometimes at Oasis we talk about being mindful of things, being mindful of the products we buy. And I think actually, um, yeah, making, having a slightly, uh, consuming less products, but being more considered about what you're buying I actually think it's really positive and helpful for your mental health, and um, rather than having loads of things lying around. Um, So I think that would be one thing. Um, And yeah, the second one, I think maybe the question, um, yeah, I think it's about making small incremental changes, isn't it? I think you can get into big debates um, about um, polyester versus um, cotton, um, or I think we had a statistic about jeans. Um, there's a, a statistic um, which about the je- to make a pair of jeans takes an incredible amount of water. Um, how much, how
1: much water to make a pair of jeans? I don't
0: know what that was a swimming pool? I think
1: a swimming pool. A swimming to pool's, make a pool's pair of worth jeans.
0: of water. Yeah, it goes wow. into making like a pair of jeans. Um, so I think for people who are educated about well the water crisis and. Um, yeah, so that's something that you can think about. And I think what, d- jeans is a classic one that people love wearing, but you can buy second-hand jeans. Um, there's now companies who are upcycling denim um, or even just you know getting a great old pair of jeans that's kind of, I don't know, wearing, <laughs> wearing them till they fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think there is, there is things that we can do without kind of feeling completely defeated by, by the, the scale of it. Yeah, I think there is.
1: If you, I mean, you, you've mentioned a lot of things that I think we could reflect on and think about our own um, choices each day. But if if you had to say, like, maybe three things that you thought people could do that would make a difference um, in justice terms, in kind of being a, a good neighbour to each other terms, what, what would that be when it comes to buying clothes?
2: Um, I would say, um, first of all, um, just by look around at um just research what you're going to buy a little bit more than maybe you would normally and just um look at that company and check that you feel comfortable with their practices before you because we've all got the power to buy to to use our wallet to make an impact and so just do that with consideration and and then as robin was saying um you know, when you do buy something, just really love it and get the most out of it. And then also, um, when, it's, when, it, when it is at the end of its life, um, don't throw it away. You know, take it to your local charity shop or give it to someone who's maybe a bit handy and wants to upcycle it or swap it with a friend. Or So just make sure that whatever you've bought doesn't end up in landfill, I think, is also really important because that's another issue that we haven't touched on but is another impact of the clothing industry.
1: I read something like one percent of clothing in the UK actually is recycled yeah. Um. I, I've read different numbers depending yes, on which website yeah. you look at but does that sound does that ring a bell?
2: Yeah, yeah uh, uh, as you say it's, it's very hard to sort of get an accurate fact on how much clothing does end up in landfill and how much is is reused or recycled. But um, I think the main thing is that we all, as individuals, try to do our best to make sure what we buy doesn't end up in landfill. Um, you also, um, one thing I'm quite passionate about is thinking about the material that your clothing is made out of. So, And I could go into a lot of technical detail that we don't have time for, but... Generally speaking, um, natural fibers are better for the environment and also will biodegrade at the end of their life. Um, So just have a quick look at the care label or what it says on the website when you're buying something about the material it's made out of and look for things that are made out of. um, Linen, for example, is a very sustainable fiber. um, 100% wool is also, will will biodegrade at the end of its life. Um, If you're looking at cotton, organic cotton, if you can find it, which more and more companies are using, organic cotton or something called better cotton, which is grown without such a lot of water and in a way that um, is sustainable for the farmer and also um, actually improves the land it's grown on rather than has a negative effect on the land where it's grown. So, just have a look at the um, uh, the materials of what you're buying as well. Amazing.
1: Robin, you had a couple of slides to show us. Yes, I
0: did. I don't know if they can get them up. Um, so, yeah, I just put together a, a quick two two slides about things that are of interest to people. Um, the first slide here is uh, ethical fashion documentaries to watch. Um, and I think I've got five, uh, six even, um, examples of things that will be worth watching. The True Cost, which is a really good film I'd recommend, um, came out in 2015. It's directed by the same person who directed The Heretic, Rob Bell. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that film. Um, <laughs> um, but that's worth watching. Um, Stacey Dooley's Fashion's Dirty Secrets, which was on iPlayer. I think it's no longer on iPlayer, but you can find it online um, and that's also really good I don't know if there, anyone who likes Stacey Dooley here. Um, minimalism which is more about uh, how we consume, how we buy, it's not just about fashion it's about in general um, River Blue which is um, about the earth's um, rivers and the effect of the fashion industry on the earth's rivers, that's quite um, quite a good watch it's quite a um, sobering watch as well because uh, it shows the effect of um, a lot of in China and India and d- the dyes and the um, chemicals that go into the rivers um, Yadita which is a documentary about um, f- uh, garment workers in um, India again which is really good and then finally Unravel um, which is another documentary I watched this week it's 15 minutes long, it's on YouTube and it's about what happens to our clothes rather than ending up in landfill um, a lot of our clothes are recycled um, in India and it's quite a funny documentary because it it just shows the the difference between the West and the East because um, when they get all these clothes and they're rummaging through them, a lot of the ladies who work there um, have quite funny and strange things to say about what the clothes are. They're like, who who, who even wears this? Um, So that's kind of worth (laughs) worth watching. Um, Yeah, and then the second, um, this is a collection of websites and apps that are worth having a look at. Good On You is an app you can download on your phone, and you can search different brands and different companies that produce fashion. It's not an exhaustible list, but it's um, it's worth having a look at. Rent the Runway, um, again, is an expensive website, but uh, Jen mentioned the um, increasing uh, in the fashion industry, like renting clothes is becoming more popular. So it's a bit like you've always been able to do, you know, rent a tux or something. But now there's, increasingly, you can rent quite a lot of different clothes. Um, and Rent the One Way actually has a store. So a lot of these people are now becoming on, on the high street. So you kind of go in and you can kind of try everything on if people like shopping. Um, actually, not, not everyone does. But um, you can kind of go in and have a look. And that's, that's just one company, but there's lots of companies like that now. Um, Patagonia Warm Wear. Uh, so Patagonia is a big... Huge company actually in America, and they produce a um, lot of outdoorsy kind of uh, workwear type clothes. They have a on their website. They have like a really good um, online tutorials about how to like mend and fix your clothes. So that's good. I'll get a bit faster. Um, Fashion <laughs> Revolution, um, which is a great website, have a look at that. Um, they once a year, don't they? They run a, a kind of a campaign, um, and then Regain app is you can. Uh, so, Regain Apps, so there's a couple in London, you take your clothes there and you get coupons, so people kind of like want to get something a bit back, um, so you can get coupons to buy other things. And finally, Avoid, which is a plug-in you put on your search engine, and it will flag if, uh, if anything's products that you're looking at to view online have had uh, child labor involved in them. Um, so that's something you can add to your search engine. Wow. Yeah. amazing.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. That is worth taking a photograph of those, isn't it? Um, thank you. So I, I feel more educated, so um, thank you for that. I th- and I think, I think you've um, you kind of illustrated very, very well that whether we love fashion, which, a, which is a good thing, and a way that we express identity and creativity, there are still ways that we can enjoy buying clothes but think about the choices that we make. Um, and for all of us... Um, there are probably small changes we could take right away that would make us more conscious of what we're doing and yeah. of the impact that our consumption has. So I just wanted to bring us back to the passage from Isaiah before we finish. It says this, This is the kind of fast that I'm after, to break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, cancel debts, And at the end of the passage, the reason I asked Jill to read all the way through from 1 to 12 was because of these uh, last verses um, and the image that the prophet paints of um, when we are people that seek justice and seek um, the good of others, that this is the kind of um, world that we build. It says, I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. Rebuild the fountains from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, and make the community livable again. I think when we think about the, the damage that's being done to our planet day after day and the path that we're on, that call for us to be people that, um, that are rebuilding Renewing and making the community livable again. This isn't a kind of optional extra um, for those of us who like thinking about um, kind of ethical issues. This is about our day-to-day lives and how we're um, (coughs) working for a world that is sustainable, equitable, where people are treated well and where we're taking good care of the earth's resources. So, Jen and Robin, thank you so much for doing that for us this morning. Give them a round of applause. You've been listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Waterloo. To find out more, visit
0: www.oasiswaterloo.org.